Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Off Script with Pastor Jared. It's good to be back with you, and uh, I wanted to uh, just come through with a thought today, as I often do. And uh, this one came from reading several articles and seeing sort of some trends that started over the last, we'll say, five years. Um, something that I noticed particularly uh, is a trend within sort of the evangelical world. And that is trying to say that our thoughts really are not important. It really depends on how, what we act out in our lives. And uh, I want you to, th- I want you to think with me on that. Is that true? Uh, does it matter what we think as long as we don't act upon it? Uh, you're starting to hear that being developed. Uh, within the homosexual community and and uh, particularly a conference that started around 2018 was really influential called the Revoice Conference. And they began to build this argument that you can be a gay Christian, you can be uh, what they call a sexual minority, uh, you can affirm all of the, the doctrines of Scripture and seek to live a God-honoring life uh, while adopting the term gay or lesbian uh, and Christian at the same time. And their justification for this was, well, we've committed ourselves because of our love for the Lord, because of our desire to be in conformity with Scripture— we have committed to a life of celibacy. Uh, our desires are homosexual, but because we also desire to be Christian and we want to be Christian more than we want to be homosexual, we are denying our physical desires in order to uh, please God, but we are still affirming that we are gay and that we are lesbian. Um and so our minds are essentially homosexual, but our bodies are not. We are not participating in the act of same-sex uh, sexuality. And so this really challenged a lot of people thinking about this, what to do with this. Um, and so I, I, you know, I think a lot of people initially wanted to go with this. They wanted to make this uh, acceptable because l- look. People that struggle with same-sex attraction and, and sin, uh, you you have to hurt for people that are in this situation, um, just like you hurt for anyone who's struggling with sin. You know, someone who's who's addicted to alcohol. You know, your your desire is not to beat them down. Your desire is not to uh, just routinely tell them how awful they are and and what a piece of trash they are, and you know and you know, get your life together, you know, you awful person. You you want that person to be saved and changed and to put their sin away and to live a full life that honors God. And we want that for people. And I think we, I think the same way we want that for someone who's drunk all the time, you know, you want, you desire them to come out of that. We should desire that for homosexuals the same way. And, um, and so, I think a lot of well-meaning Christians took this and ran with it and said, you know what? Yeah, you can, you, as long as you don't act on it, that's all that matters. But I do want to 
have us stop and think about this for a second and to slow down and to ask some important questions, especially for our young folks, for our youth, our college students, our young adults in your young family years. You, you're right in the thick of this and um, you know what pressure the world is putting on this. And, and so I just want to think about this. Does the Bible ever affirm that it is okay to adopt a sinful mind as long as you don't act upon it? Is that a biblical thought? Um, you know, the, the first thing I would say thinking through this is that it's, it's extremely dangerous, and I would say not okay, for a Christian to even adopt an orientation mindset that we have a fixed uh, that you can that you can be gay as an identity, that you can be lesbian, that you can be transgendered, and say this is who I am. Um, I am a sexual minority. I, I would say we have to throw away those categories um, completely. You can't adopt a a a that category is rooted in sin. The same way you can't. I don't think you should ever say I am an alcoholic. Uh, I, it, what you really mean is you are addicted to drinking. You are participating in the sin of drunkenness. But as soon as you adopt a category um, of sin and say it's who I am, well, now you have made perpetual excuse for yourself uh, to to never have to deal with that. And, and the reality is, is that we have seen people involved in homosexual sin walk away from it through the power of Christ. We have seen that. That does happen. Uh, so uh, I would never affirm those categories to begin with. Once you, once you adopt those categories of I am gay, I am lesbian, I am transgendered, you've lost your ability to fight that sin because you've surrendered your, your identity over. Uh, we cannot adopt that identity. The second thing I'd like to help think through is can we do this with other sins? Um, one thing that I've long kind of felt in my soul is that well-meaning Christians who want to be loving to people often make special excuses for sexual sins, uh, homosexuality particularly, that they don't make for other sins. Uh, we give that a little more leeway than we do others. So f let, let, let's work up, um, let's work up the uh, category list here. So if I said to you, let's give, let's make up a fake name. We'll say, we'll say, uh, Bill. All right. Bill's a good gen generic name. We'll say, Bill's married, and Bill's married. He's got a spouse. Uh, Bill's a man. He's married to a wife named Nancy, all right? And Bill and Nancy are married. Bill routinely has thoughts of uh, being with other women, and so he has lustful thoughts toward other women routinely all the time. Um, he doesn't act upon it. He doesn't ever sleep with another woman outside of his wife. Uh, he doesn't meet up with other women, you know, and flirt with them and whatnot. But in his mind, he is routinely indulging in those thoughts. And, and even to the point where Bill says, I am, uh, I am a luster 
I, it's just what I, it's who I am. I lust toward other women outside of my marriage relationship. Well, what would we say? I'm a lust. I'm a lustful Christian. Bill says, are we okay with that? I, I think every spouse would say, no, I'm not okay with that. Uh, you ought to be fighting that lust. You ought to be trying to actively work that lust out of your mind, of your marriage relationship. Look, we all know that lust exists in the mind, even in married people. Uh, but there's an expectation that your spouse not adopt that as as their orientation and say, well, I'm just a luster. It's who I am. I will always, no, it, no, please, by the power of God's spirit, through sanctification, through mortifying the flesh, crucifying the flesh, uh, work that out by God's grace, deal with that, um, and, and be less inclined to lust after women and men other than your spouse. So you can use other examples. What about, what about incest? Okay. Say, um, Bill says, you know what? I'm just, I'm just attracted to my sister. I just, you know, I'm an incest Christian. It's who I am. Now, of course, I'll never act upon it. I'll never go actually do something physical with my with my sister. But I'm just mentally. I'm. Uh, it's I, I have lustful thoughts toward my sister. We would say, Bill, stop it, stop it. Don't don't do that. That's you need to deal with that. You can't let that settle in your mind. You can't adopt that mindset. The same is true with pedophilia. Let's say Bill says, you know what? I I have sexual thoughts toward children. I would never ever act upon it. But I do have these thoughts and, and I am a uh, minor attracted person. I'm a minor attracted Christian, Bill says. We would say, Bill, Bill, you, you, you got to deal with that. The, the, you cannot let that go. The, that is sinful. Those thoughts are sinful. Those, that category is sinful. God hates that. You, you cannot do that. Take it all the way up. What about bestiality? Bill says, you know what? I, I have sexual thoughts towards animals. I, 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 you know, I would never act upon it, but I am a uh, animal-attracted Christian. I just am. We'd say, Bill, no. Bill, stop. You cannot adopt that mindset. Do you see where I'm going with this? Our minds actually do matter to God. The, the things that we think and the, the qualities that we, uh, the, the categories that we adopt in our mind are actually important to God. God cares what we think. He cares what we think. A couple of scripture passages for you. Um, I think of Matthew 5, 21 in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. What is Jesus teaching there? He's saying that it's not enough just to say, I didn't lift the knife and kill the man. He's saying, I don't even want you I don't even want you hating this man in your heart. I don't even want you thinking angry thoughts, stewing and brewing on all the things you'd like to do to this guy, but you don't. At the last second, you stop yourself. He's, Jesus says, I, that's sin to even be angry and want to murder someone. So our mind matters to God. 
James uh, says in James 1, 14 through 15, to each person uh, is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin is fully grown and brings forth death. So what James is teaching there is that it sin starts with desire. It never just stays at desire. It always is born. That that little desire, it's almost like a it's like a baby analogy. Um, there's that, that li- there's that little baby that's uh, a little baby sin desire in your mind and in your heart. But at some point, that baby is born and it becomes physical sin. It, it never stays in the mind. You know, one thing I always think about when people say it, it's not a sin unless you act upon it. Well, one of the Ten Commandments says otherwise. What is the Tenth Commandment? Coveting, right? Thou shalt not covet. <laughs> What's the difference between coveting and stealing? Think about that. Because both are, both are in the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not steal. Okay, don't go take your neighbor's car. Don't go take your neighbor's wife. Don't go take your neighbor's cow or, or your neighbor's you know, stereo system. That's stealing. Okay, don't do that. Physically acting on it. But what's coveting? Why, why would God put coveting in there? Coveting is when you desire your neighbor's things so deeply that it begins to consume your mind and it you eventually steal. But coveting is not stealing. Coveting is when your heart and mind and desires are wrapped up in wanting something else that someone else has so bad that it begins to affect you and consume you. So the, the, the Ten Commandments says you're not even allowed to want your neighbor's wife. You're not even allowed to want your neighbor's stereo or cow or car. You can't sit there now it's not it's not wrong to walk past your neighbor in the driveway and say, "Love that car, man! I wish I had a car like that." But when you start thinking about, man, how could I get that car? You know, and, and you start thinking about their car, and you you wake up in the night thinking about the car or the wife or the stereo, you know, or, or something. You're wrong in that case. That's a sin. That is coveting, and it's completely a sin of the desire of the mind. I, I think. The Bible's routine, regular teaching is that our minds matter to God. And we cannot just say, I didn't act on it, God. I just thought about it. That's not good enough. God wants our whole hearts and minds. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind deeply matters to God. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, here it is. Think about these things. Think on these things. Dwell on them. Let honorable, lovely, pure, commendable, excellent things Fill your mind, consume your mind with good, godly, holy things. And this is why, in my view, I believe a Christian 
can never adopt a category of the mind that is rooted in sinfulness. We are to be daily repenting and casting the sin out of our mind by the grace of God because of what Christ allows us to do. Paul says, and such were some of you. We know that we can do this through his power. No sin is to ever become a category of our mind because our minds matter to God. Renew your mind, transform your mind. Do not be conformed, but rather transform your mind by the grace of God. I hope this has been a blessing to you. I will see you Sunday. And if you're not a part of our church, go to some Bible preaching, Bible believing church and hear God's word proclaimed. God bless.